0: If you don't know where you want to go, any road will take you there. It's a quote from today's podcast. Our guest is Fred Stuvek, author of It Starts With You. Before we get into that, it's a great conversation, by the way. Great Mm -hmm. conversation. I mean... That that quote, right at the top, just kind of showed up about forty-five minutes in. So it's not even like he was sitting here. Mm, gotta say this brilliant thing. Gotta say this brilliant thing. Gotta say this brilliant thing. It was just kind of like, look, guys, just here's the deal. And he's right, you know, because you you get in the car. You want to go to a restaurant? <laughs> you know, you, you zip that right into the microphone. Right?
1: <laughs> no, I, I didn't, but I figured it out.
0: <laughs> I, don't
1: even, I don't even know what to do with that. We have to leave that in there. I guess we do. Oh my gosh. Anyway,
0: so. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Intro rerouted. How you doing, Kelvin? (laughs) I'm doing. I'm doing fine, Josh. How the heck are you? I'm good. (laughs) Oh,
1: that was good. Okay, sorry. I (laughs) did.
0: I heard it, and I'm like,
1: wonder if that showed up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, it did. Well, it may tie into my book for this week. I don't know.
0: <laughs> maybe. maybe. Although you would have had him pulling this mm. in the other way, maybe. Whew. Okay. Right. So I think we got a little bit date relative toward the end of the podcast, but not too much. Um, I don't know when we're releasing this, but we're recording it right after Thanksgiving. Um, so, yeah, In, in case, uh, in case you're wondering – you know, if Who knows? It could be January or February. <laughs> um, so in case you're wondering, uh, that's when we recorded it. Um, anyway, we are brought to you today by Audible. If you want a free audiobook, a free month at Audible, go to audibletrialcom slash jkwd or text jkwd to 500-500. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash JKWD or text JKWD 500, 500 You could go get Blue Fishing by Steve Sims. This is not a book about catching blue fish. This is a book about making things happen for you. It's a book I'm reading right now and a great takeaway right from chapter one. I Don't think he'd be upset if I gave it to you, but he quotes his father as saying, "You don't drown from falling in the water. you drown from staying there. Kelvin, you got a book
1: that that was good. I like that <clears throat> i I almost drowned in three feet of water one time because I forgot to stand up well, we'll get there another it's day. not
0: the fact that you fell. Not the fact that I fell,
1: but don't try breathing that crap. That's all I got to say. Hey, I do have a book today. This is not what I'd normally do in one circuit, but it's Stephen Fry's Victorian Secrets. Scandal, sex, murder, and madness from legendary British comic Stephen Fry. It's got four and and three-quarters stars I'm thinking it's going to be nice because this guy got me laughing just looking at him. Not to say he looks funny is what I'm trying. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say it looks like it's going to be a humorous thing.
0: So, He's a funny guy. That's Stephen Fry.
1: Funny guy. That, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting good
0: today. <laughs> Boom. You go. yo. So you can get either one of those or one of, any other 190,000 titles from Audible by going to audiblechild.com slash JKWD or texting JKWD to 500-500. And on the other side of the music, you will hear our discussion with Fred Stuvik. Podcast, where we talk about better humanity, and teach you how to dominate your world. you ready? Here we go. All right. Well, um, Fred, welcome to the show. Uh, What, you know, I've got Google, everybody's got Google and the web, why don't you tell people in your words uh, who you are, what you do and and why you're here?
2: <laughs> well, uh, first of all, uh, Kelvin and Josh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I currently live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I was born in West Virginia, I raised in Southwestern Pennsylvania, played a lot of sports. Uh, we had four seasons there. We had football, basketball track and baseball season. So I was involved in all four seasons. Uh, after graduating from high school, I attended the Naval Academy, and played football there, led it three years of quarterback. I was commissioned, spent five years in the service. And after my military obligation, I went into the civilian world and had a number of jobs in both the public and private sector. Um, I had a fairly diverse range of experience, uh, went through an IPO, Bought companies, sold companies. I've traveled extensively. I have 7 million frequent flyer miles. And then wow. I sold my company the year before. I was trying to sort out what to do. And decided to to write a book. I'd, I'd gone out and given some talks to different groups, organizations, and almost without exception, every time I would conclude my talk, someone would come up to me and say, well, where can I buy your book? And I had... You know, I said, well, no, I don't have one. And they said, well, you should write one. And I, I've enjoyed working with young people, trying to help young people, mentor them, mentoring them, so to speak. And just a lot of the principles and attributes that I've been talking about all these years, I decided to put into a book. And my, my wife was very, encouraged me to do the same thing. And I always try to listen to her as much as I can. It makes for a healthy relationship. <laughs> okay.
1: Or, well, I needed that information a long time ago.
0: <laughs> yes, dear. Book before. <laughs> yes, dear. Oh, that's why you say that to me all the time now. <laughs> yes, dear. Oh, uh,
2: boy. Yeah. So I take it uh, both of you are, uh, are, are married?
0: Uh, I am.
1: I, I have been.
2: Okay. A couple times. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, presently
2: not. Yeah. Uh,
1: but uh, life is, life is all right. Anyway.
2: Uh, well, you know, I mean, there's always the internet.
1: <laughs> I, uh,
2: I've
1: heard stories. Yeah. I've, I've gotta, I got to actually get, I actually have a, a, uh, a, a profile on Match, but nobody would ever know it was me, and, and and I don't let them get to me. But that's a whole different, that's another podcast all Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 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 I, well, I do not recommend that. Well, I was just yeah. making. Hey, well, comment I finish reading your book, I may
1: you may we'll, have, um some of my
0: questions. We'll get a psychiatrist on for that one, Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> you see,
1: my friend Josh is really good to me, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so what were these talks about that uh that people. Yeah, we're looking for a book out of them.
2: Well, one talk was to a Marine Rossi unit on mm-hmm. leadership, and another one was to a group of young people about developing confidence, and another one was to a organization that talked about, you know, what are the attributes for success, and mm-hmm. it kind of got my attention. I What I wanted to do, Josh and Kelvin, I, you know, there are a lot of self-help books out there, but I wanted to write something that was a little bit different insofar that I, I have a fairly, I do believe I have a fairly diverse and unique range of experience, both in the sports, in the military and in the business world, private and public. And I wanted to put together something that would help someone develop the mindset and habits for success, because how we, how we think and how we act, it really defines you as a person. Mm-hmm. So I, so when I wrote the book, I wanted to put it in such a, a way that each one builds on the other, but I also wanted it to be comprehensive and specific. For example, what is important? Why is it important? And how do you do something about it? And you may notice that, I mean, at the end of every chapter, I have five key takeaways, recommendations. I have things grouped. I, I like the numbers three, five, and 10, whatever. So everything in the book is, is good. <laughs> Grouped at 3, 5, and 10. But the, the, first, the first chapter, and I think this is the most important one, is believe. You have to believe. If you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect someone else to believe in you? And along with that, if you have a staunch belief in what you are about and who you are, and if you're doing something that you believe in and you're good at, that gives you confidence. So that's why the next chapter in the book is once you, you know, believe you also have to find a good fit for yourself. For example, if you're a, let's say you're an introvert and you want to make good money. So you want to go into sales, but that's a very extroverted type of situation Well, you either develop the skills to do it or you don't do it, but don't put yourself in a situation where there's a mismatch. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, find a find a situation that you fit in well. It makes total sense.
2: Yep. Yep. And then, you know, you have to develop the you know, I also covered developing the skills and, and, and the and the confidence and, and all of that. But you know, sometimes people make decisions for all the wrong reasons. You know, they, they do it because they're resistant to to change they they they're they're fearful they don't have the skill set or whatever but you 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 can you can do something because if you don't if you don't like how some if if, if you think things are going right now going good right now that's probably going to change because you know life is a series of ups and downs and you have to learn how to how to deal with that but developing the mindset and habits for success and putting a plan in place and having the discipline to follow up and follow through is basically the uh, promise of the book.
1: All right. So you've, uh, you gave us a nice list of the things that you have done. So um, experiences you've had, what was the, in in that entire process, what was the toughest part for you of the things that you, you, you put in the book and you've told us about what was it? What was the toughest thing for you to, to put together?
2: Well, I had a I had a number of of situations that were were, were challenging. Probably the first one, uh, Calvin, was you know when when I got out of, when I was got out of the military. I then learned well I knew about it some then, but I started to develop a better understanding of the difference between positional authority. And personal authority okay you understand it's it's one thing to be in command of a division etc okay because you are leading by virtue of your position Mm -hmm. well when you get out into the civilian world you have positional authority but you had better have that personal authority because you can take that personal authority with you from job to job if you don't have that if you don't have that that's gonna be very difficult And, you know, things have changed today, particularly with some of the young people. You know, I've I've always tried to avoid giving a direct order. Now, are there times when you have to, based on the circumstances and the leadership style that's necessitated? Absolutely. However, if you can involve someone in a decision, involve them in the process, respect their opinion, get their input, They may not like it, but they'll understand it. And if they're involved in part of the process and you explain it to them, treat them like an adult, like a partner, like a, like someone who you respect and value, that's going to go a long way towards being able to to work with people. So I've always, you know, I, I, I really don't, I'm no better than anybody else. Okay. I just do some things differently. So I've never gone into a situation and I've never not respected another person You know, regardless of where they're from or what they've done, because you know everybody has certain challenges ahead of them. But I found that there are just some good people out there. You have to work with people, understand them, respect them, and you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I I did uh, I did twenty in the Air Force. Oh, okay. I wasn't I wasn't commissioned though, so that's that's probably uh, yeah yeah retired as a master sergeant. So that whole not giving an order thing is, is yes. Yeah. So I, I can identify with that very well. Thank you. That was good.
2: Well, it, and the first thing I did when I got on the, my first assignment, I was on station on a ship. I walked up and I had a division. There was a couple master chiefs, senior chief. And I said, you know where I am. You know, my watch schedule. If you have any problems, let me know and I'll support you. But just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, they've been, in the, they've been in the service for 15, 20, 25 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm just walking on the ship. Yeah. So who am I to tell them how to do things without first getting an understanding of what's going on and developing a relationship with them? And that usually worked out pretty good. Actually, it worked out very well. Yeah, maybe. And Thank you for your service.
1: You're welcome. And and, and for yours, uh, Navy chiefs aren't anything to play with. I've, I've, learned, <laughs> learned, I've learned that.
2: No, I mean, no, no. Yeah. I mean, some of them, they have barnacles, you know, but they, they yeah, they, they, uh, it's a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, good group of people. Matter of fact, my wife's, uh, late father was a, was a master chief in the, in the Navy as well and uh, you know i come come from a military family and you know of course you know our generation or my generation a lot of our parents were in world war II yeah. or served in other conflicts yeah.
0: so i mean obviously you know, the military gave you some training in in the confidence and and mindset piece but i'm guessing you had it before that because you were um I mean, you're a force sport guy. You, um, yeah, if I, if I was reading your bio, right. Um, yep. You're, uh, yeah, you're in, you, you've won, you won some local, uh, sports honors. Mm-hmm. Um, even before you got to the Naval Academy, what, what kind of gave you that confidence and mindset as you were headed, you know, as, as you were a, a very young man?
2: Well, I grew up in a small coal mining town in southwestern Pennsylvania. Uh, good values, good people, good work ethic. Uh, nothing was ever given to me. I respected, loved my parents a great deal, and we had a large family. There were seven. My father was a, a school teacher. You can imagine a school teacher's salary with, with seven is just it doesn't go very far. Oh. So I had to develop a sort of self-reliance. And if I wanted some money, I would have to do jobs and work in between seasons or, you know, late at, you know, after practice or whatever. And, but by, by doing that, I developed a sort of self-reliance and, you know, dependency on myself. Uh, Also, I, 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 put myself out there and I, I think that the military and sports are excellent training grounds for people. Because if you, if you look at the, if you look at the military, you're, you're throwing in with a bunch of people and you are all working together on a common goal and you have to work together and, 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 as a team, which is basically what you do in business, but, but growing up, I just was very involved in a lot of sports. I had a lot of small jobs and I think those values that I, I went through and, you know, the things, the experiences I went through, you know, helped me a great deal The discipline to develop with sports and, and so forth. and You know, Josh and Kelvin, if you've never been through something, how do you know how you're going to react to it? So I had the benefit of being able to fail. Okay, I I lost. We lost games. There were times when I didn't get my way. Uh, I had to sit on the bench sometimes. And I think those are lessons that humble you and learn you and you strive to do better. Now. I didn't get any trophies for showing up or participating because I don't really believe in that theory, but I had to just develop that mindset and habits to be successful. And I always enjoyed reading Greek and Roman history for some reason. And Whenever I was recruited uh, from, for uh, several schools, I had a visit to the Naval Academy. The whole commitment, honor, discipline, I thought it would make me a better person. That's why I went there.
0: And it seems like it takes a, a special type of person to look at you know discipline and honor and say, Yeah, that's for me. You know, whereas a lot of other people might go, Yeah, I'm going to college. I'm eighteen. I want to go have fun. Maybe I'll try to learn something along the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that, that, did, did you manage to have some fun along the way as well?
2: Well, Back then, it was just a little bit different. They, they, when you first are sworn in, they take away all your basic rights.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then they give them back to you a little bit at a time over the months and over the ensuing years. And by the time you're a first classman or a senior, you can actually drive a car on, 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 on campus. So I thought I had a pretty good deal after those, uh, after those <laughs> years. But no, but you're, you're right, uh, Josh. It, it has to be a good fit. That was a good fit for me because of my background and just the way I was kind of put together, I guess. But it was, for some people, it's not the way to go. Some people might be better off going to, you know, Georgetown or Alabama or Tennessee or wherever. But it's, it has to be a good fit for that person. I thought it was a good fit for me. It was one of the best decisions I ever made.
0: Good. Yeah, it's good having that self knowledge. You know, I did not have that self knowledge going into school. I went to a big, yeah, I wasn't a big partier, but the school I wound up at was a big party school. You know, it's a UMass Amherst, and oh, I wound up yeah. on the I wound up on the six and a half
2: year plan. Um, oh, that was wasn't that a couple of years ago, if memory serves, was ranked the top or one of the top party schools in the country. Um,
0: yeah, they they get up there. I, I mean, usually the the top ones wind up in Florida. Um, yeah, because you know, Western Massachusetts, you can't party from <laughs> you yep. can't really party from December to February. <laughs> oh <or laughs> <March.
2: laughs> um, uh, no! So, well, hey, you know sometimes you have to know what what it is that you don't like doing in order to right. Get, yeah. Right. And I I, I think that, you know, having more experience, having the opportunity to go out and try different things can help you find a little more focus in terms of this is what I would like to do or what I'd like or what I would, you know, don't want to do. Now I think in former times it used to be people would go to college and they would figure out what they wanted to do or maybe go to a, you know, some type of a technical training school. But I think today, uh, I, I think that people have to I think we're more specialized today. You know, it, it seems to be, you know, people getting a little more finance oriented, technology oriented, et cetera, because everybody's trying to drill down. So for those young people out there that are trying to figure out what to do, I would just encourage anybody and everyone to try as many things and to look inside yourself and to develop awareness as to you know what are your skill set and what are you what are you good at?
0: And I think that there's such an opportunity to do that today Um, with the internet, just the ability to say, Oh, I want to learn something about this for a few months and not have to, you know, not have to spend 25 grand a year or more um, just to try something out.
2: Yep. Yep. Well, we have, there is a whole, menu uh, of option. There's various venues, distance learning, you know, online, there's just everything. So it gives you a chance to uh, get exposed to different things and you find out what, you know, what you like or what you don't like, you know, by by the same token, from a business standpoint, it's, it, it has already closed. It's compressed the, the distance. Distance isn't really an issue. The only limiting issue today is, is, is our time zones. And when you're working today, you're just as likely to be working with someone across town, across country or on another uh, continent, for example. Mm -hmm. And and that's why I bring up the, the concept of emotional quotient in my book, because we are dealing with people from all walks of life and different customs and cultures. And. To work effectively with those people, you have to be able to empathize and understand their point of view, break down those barriers, okay, work together and find common ground. And that's where that's why I spent a whole one chapter on the subject of, of emotional quotient. You know, in, in your in your life, uh, you know, black guy and a Jewish guy walk in the bar, start a podcast, right? <laughs> right, he's done some research. Have you been yeah, on a website? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know how that happened. That happened because you, you two got started. You started talking to each other, <laughs> and then you said, "Hey, you know, you you kind of connected." So I'm. I always try to engage and talk to people as much as I can and I I find that you can plan things all you want, but it's through those interactions and those random encounters with other people that you are able to find something and take advantage of it. And it's it's kinda of worked that way with my life too. You know that I think opportunity is when preparation and coincidence intersect. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now see so what was I gonna say? You uh I want to go back and talk about failure a little bit because you talked about that. And that's one of my, one of my big things about failure. uh, People are afraid to fail. And my, uh, my concept, although, you know, I mean, I'm affected by it like everybody else, but the basic thing is if you never fail at anything, you haven't done anything. So, so give it, talk to us about uh, failure and how that's played into, you know, the level of your success
2: today. Well, as I said earlier, life is a series of ups and downs, uh, wins and losses. Uh, I would submit, you know, what is worse than failing? You know what is worse than failing? Never trying and never knowing. And that in itself is a failure because you failed to act. Now, I talk about why people don't do certain things in my book, and I actually talk about how strategies can be developed for that. Mm -hmm. However, as I said before, you know, when you go in, it's going to either go good or it isn't, or maybe to go halfway in between. But when you go in and it's gone well, that's a W or you've learned something from it. But if you've hasn't gone well and You know, it wasn't a good experience. You lost that game. Michael Jordan missed a lot of baskets, but he still scored a lot of points. So you you have to learn from the losses and you have to you have to you can't dwell on it. And you also have to maintain a positive mindset. For example, just because you went in and things didn't work out, uh, you look, you try to take away from the positives, learn from what happened and try not to repeat the, the same Mistake over and over again. Uh, I truly believe that how people react to failure and handle adversity is the single biggest challenge in your life. And you have to, in a certain sense, you've heard this term before, uh, fail your way to success. And I think that's very important. No, you, you know, you have to celebrate the wins and learn from the losses, but go in with a positive mindset and you owe it to yourself and to the company or whoever you're working with to be prepared. Now, Kelvin, you, 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 you're going in to talk to somebody, okay? Whatever it is, it could be a sales call. I don't know. What, this is just theoretical. But if you've prepared and you have, have a good attitude, you walked in there and you say, I got this, you know, I'm prepared. I did my research, et cetera. Chances are it's going to go pretty well. Now, if you're not prepared, and you haven't, you know, done your homework and haven't trained properly, it's, it's probably not going to go well. And that's on you. Mm-hmm. That's on you. It's not the other person's fault. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay? It's not a river in Egypt. You, you can't be a denial. You have to accept that accountability. Right. Take the initiative yourself. Learn from it. Move on. Does that make sense to you? Yep.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I um. I I fail pretty good. I I look good at it, as a matter of fact. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah I probably I probably fail prettier than most people, you know.
2: But <laughs> but you've learned from each one, haven't you?
1: Real, yeah. It's a real fear for most people. I mean, that fear itself. So, do you cover in your book? Um, well, you talk about strategies to overcome some of this stuff, right? So. How, how do you um, – well, you just gave me a part of it, but I'm yep. sure you've got it strategize in your book. Uh, how do you overcome the, the fear of failure? Or I don't know if you've heard of that part.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, One of the things I talk about in my, in my book, and it's it spreads throughout there. You've heard the t- term, no pain, no gain, mm-hmm. right? No discomfort, no growth. I believe that you have to put yourself in situations that are where you have to stretch yourself Mm -hmm. and almost to, you know, out of, you have to get out of your comfort zone. And by doing that, you're going to experience new and different things and you're going to learn from that. Now, by doing it repeatedly, you're going to find out it's, it's not, it's not so bad. But if you, if you look at why people are, are, are afraid or are fearful uh, number one, they've never been involved in that experience before. Number two, they don't like change. Well, change is a constant. It's always going to, it's always going to, uh, something's always going to change. And everything may seem the same today. This could be a lot different, five, five, five months from now, one year from now, whatever. So and you have to look at developing the confidence and the skill set that are needed. How do you do, What what do you do for that? As I mentioned in the book, one of the first things is awareness. You have to do a personal inventory and decide what it is you're good at, what you aren't good at, and then you have to say, okay, to get to this point, I want to do A, B, C. You develop goals along with timelines and you know, and you have your objectives that you can measure from time to time to get there. Now, the first thing you don't want to do is set yourself up for failure. Okay, you have to establish realistic goals, but by Doing that and achieving a small milestone or objective over time, your confidence builds up, your expertise builds up, and you form good habits and you get into a win mode versus a, versus a loss mode. And I think another thing that happens to Calvin is uh, I think that, you know, we're creatures of habit and, you know, we want to be creatures of good habit, but sometimes we hang around with certain people and they they want to maintain the status quo. You know, you're trying to better yourself. You're doing this. You're doing that. Well, if they're not supportive and they don't like that and they get on you because, well, you don't have time for them because you're going to night school or doing this or doing that. Well, then you need to find a, good, a new group of friends, okay, because they're not really – they don't care about you. So you have to be comfortable with yourself and focus on what it is that you can do because at the end of the day, it's about you believing in you and developing those that mindset and those habits for success. And it can be done. It's, it's, it's a learned behavior. You know, you heard the term natural Mm -hmm. athlete said, okay, he's, he or she is a natural athlete. I don't believe that at all. Now I believe that some people might be predisposed to do better in certain areas, but the, the bottom line is, you have to put your time in it. In, in the book I covered, a study by Malcolm, well, actually studied by the Berlin Academy of Music that Gladwell referenced in his book, and they looked at the top musicians, mm-hmm. and they said, what was the one distinguishing characteristic between success or failure or high achievement and being run-of-the-mill? It was quite simple. The this, the high achievers put the time in, and they actually quantified it at 10000 10,000 hours. Now, I would bet you know, You look at Tom Brady. He puts his time in. Michael Jordan, he puts his time in. Usain Bolt. I mean, if you look at all the awards he's had and the races he's won, I would say his training, his the time that he runs in a race is about like this, and his training's like this. So you just don't show up and get it done. And you know I don't necessarily believe that leadership is an is a born trait. If leadership was a born trait, then when 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 Josh was born, they would have had a little ring around his ankle said leadership ward, and then just put you over there. It doesn't work. Leadership can be developed over time, and that's why it's important to associate with good people and develop good habits.
0: And I really like the idea of sports. Um, growing up, yeah, I was a uh, I played tennis, baseball, and soccer growing up. Uh, I stuck to tennis in high school, but there's an obvious fail, right? There's, you know, there's a win and a loss. There's a winning team, a losing team, Um, but it's a low stakes failure. So you can learn that to fail might hurt emotionally, Mm -hmm. but most failures are not life and death. No. So you can... So once you you know once you get over you know the loss, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You you can switch from I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose to I want to win, I want to win, I want yeah. I want to win. And I think yeah. that's super important to to well, yeah. learn as early as you can.
2: Yeah, and 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 that's where I think the Josh, that's where the positive attitude comes in because if if you're going in there and you're concentrating on okay, I got this, I you know. I'm I'm, going to work hard. I'm going to learn from it. You have to have a good attitude. And if it doesn't go well, don't, first of all, don't hold, don't dwell on the negatives. Okay. It was a learning experience. You learn from it and you you move on, but you have to accept uh, accountability. At the end of the day, you're responsible for you. I mean, how many people, Josh, or job when you wake up or thinking, what can I do for Josh or Calvin today? Well, there's probably a few, but if you think there's a hundred out there thinking that, (laughs) okay. So so you have to make your own way.
1: They haven't shown up so far.
2: (laughs) You know, on, on that note, I have to
1: say, and, and, and I I can't, I'm not going to call a name. Well, I I got a name I can call, but I'm not going to call that name right now. There are a lot of figures out there these days who are poo pooing positive attitude. Yeah they're pooping uh, positivity. And I'm like, how can these people, (laughs) how can these people be actually be sitting there uh, knowing what they've had to go through to, to say that positivity is, is not effective or that it's, you know, delusional. So what do you got to say to those folks?
2: Well, first of all, I totally agree with that because if you think about it today,
0: mm-hmm.
2: turn on the news, look in the paper, how 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 many positive messages did you see? There is a lack of positive messages in, in, in our country. Mm-hmm. And I think it it starts it starts at different places and works its way down, but I've always taken the approach that you have to stay positive and you have to set the, you have to set the narrative set the tone and you criticize in public you know i mean you you praise in public criticize in private but when you're messaging and you're getting something out there i think you have to take the, i think you have to take the high road and we're not taking the high road enough right now okay it's easy to get negative it's really easy to get negative it's easy to get down and dirty but it's a lot harder to to take that high road and to maintain your composure and not take things personal. And I think the more, the more the leaders in our country on both sides of the fence can do that and get away from all this back and forth stuff. And we look at what we need to do to uh, do to make things better. We need to put more into education. We need to put more into uh, mental health. We need to put more into uh, the opioid crisis. We need to spend more time helping our citizens to get turn their lives around, and I think the focus needs to be on what can we do to help our citizens. Now, are we doing that yet? Yeah, to some extent, and I think you, you look at the, you look at the veterans right now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a shame what's what's happened with the veterans. Okay, they're they're, they're coming back. They're going from Iraq to Afghanistan or whatever. Uh, they're going 120 miles an hour, and after four tours, all of a sudden here, chill, rest. You're now a civilian. Very difficult. If they have a problem, they have to wait days, weeks, months. We're ahead of a system in place. You know, Abraham Lincoln established the VA system because there weren't that many hospitals back then. Things have changed. We have 6,000 hospitals in this country. Any veteran, he or she, should go, should be able to go to any facility under the treatment of the government. We have Medicare. Expand that for them or something to that effect we need to do a better job because with every disconnect and every degree of separation you get a degree of uncertainty and a degree of uh uh confusion and disconnects which exist and that can spill over into personal lives business community and so forth does that make sense it does
0: yeah and you know the the strange thing is once you take a step back and look around yeah you know, it's never been it's never been safer to be alive there's never been less poverty than there is now um, yeah you know, there's never been less illness <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah you know, there's never even been less violence um and you know there's never been fewer people being eaten by tigers and bears <laughs> and, yes um and you know we've never been wealthier. So like by all accounts, the world is is an amazing place to live in right now. But you'd never know it if you listen to uh, to people who are you know frankly rich and powerful. Yep. <laughs> um,
2: yep. Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: so it's a matter of getting a little perspective and finding out what's actually you know, what actually is negative about. You know what's going on and I, I think a lot of it has to do with with a lack of empathy. Uh for and you were talking about emotional quotient earlier and I mean EQ is a fairly new concept, I believe.
2: Yes. Um, yes. Um mm-hmm.
0: where did you first pick that up?
2: Oh I I I had read about it years ago and actually covered that in my book one time uh, about a certain young man that I uh, hired uh, there was a very technical position very technical position we were in a joint venture
0: mm-hmm. and
2: it would develop research and development uh you know product marketing everything well there were, we had probably half a dozen applicants but the man that I chose for that position was a writer he had no technical background at all. Everybody was in shock. And, you know, I said, look, this young man can communicate well. He works well with people. And he. it's going to be easier for him to learn the technology than it is for those people to learn how to work with other people and to empathize with them. And I think that's, uh, you know, companies are now testing today for EQ. As I mentioned in the book, uh, 80% plus of your of your uh, success in life is based on your emotional quotient. People who who do you, who do you want to work with? You want to work with people that you, that you enjoy working with, that you get along with. Okay. And mm-hmm. that's really what it, what it boils down to, but that's a whole, that could be a subject of another podcast in and of itself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I was hiring at a, I was hiring at a commercial gym for a couple of years and you know, we gave a personality assessment. It's a, you, you got a personality assessment before you even got to an interview. Um, I always said, I can teach a, I can teach a monkey to do the job, but I got to have people who I think, you know, will will fit in and work well with our, with our client base.
2: Yep. Yes. And you know, you brought up another point. I'm just going to go back on it. I mean, mm-hmm. we do have a, a good standard of living. i you know, there is a, the growing gap between the haves and have-nots in some areas, but I mean the, 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 our standard of living compared to what's going on in other countries. And I, I've been privileged and you know I've traveled a lot and you know Kelvin you know you've traveled as well being in the military so you, you get a chance to see what it's like in other parts of the world and mm-hmm. to to understand I mean some parts of the world don't have they don't have enough water, don't have food, they don't have security. I mean we, we live in a, we live in a great country but we need to start talking about great things instead of uh, just going back and forth at each other and throwing insults and spears. That's not a formula for success, for success at all. There you go. That is not. Yeah.
1: Yep. Now we've got your, we got your book here. I'm looking at it. It's pretty, by the way, it's, it's very oh, cool nice. you, you like the cover. I, I do. I do. And, and the website is, is, is matched with it, but you know, you got a statement here. It all starts with you. Uh, turn your goals into success. Here's another thing. There's also a lot of proponents out there who are poo-pooing goals. As, and I'm like, I'm, I'm sure you've run across some of them who are saying goals are not effective. What's your feedback
2: on that? Oh, gee. <laughs> it, 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 if, you don't know, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know where you're going to go, any road will take you there. And he wrote it, because you have to have goals. If, 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 for example, Kelvin, when you wake up in the morning, or Josh, you, you just don't say, okay, what's going to happen today? You probably have a plan. You put together some goals. You have short-term goals. You have long-term goals. But these goals provide you with a direction, a sense of purpose, and they motivate you. And it, creates the, uh, it bridges the gap between the mind and the body, you know, and it creates a bias towards action. And, you know, and and the body follows the mind, but you have to take that first step. You've heard of that Chinese proverb, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Well, ditch the excuses, take that first step and take another. And as soon as you get there, all the while, you know, you're positioning yourself to take advantage of of opportunities. And one thing I always ask people, uh, I just had a young, I've been working with a young man lately and he's uh, he's doing much better now, but I told him, I said, what if, what if five years from now, what if you are in this same position? Are you going to be happy? Will you be fulfilled? Will you be satisfied? He said, no. I said, well, okay, what are you going to do about it? He says, I don't know. I says, well, you have to find out. You have to put together a plan and these plans have goals and those goals will, will get you there. And you know, you, you just check one box off and you keep going. But if you don't have goals, you're just going to drift from one harbor to the next, and eventually you run out of, uh, you run out of diesel fuel or, 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 or uh, you know, food or something. But you got, you got to have goals. you got to have goals. That's where it starts.
1: Right. Well, it's going to start with us. So you, you tell us you have a complete training manual to, uh, to develop. I'll, I'm going to read it. Develop the operative mindset, habits, and skills for succeeding at any endeavor. Give us give us some of that. Give it. Give me give me an outline of what that's going to look like.
2: Okay. Well, the you know I talk about you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in what you're doing and you need to have a good fit and the fit has to match your temperament, your skill set, your desires. But then you have to have your goals, and when you have your goals, you have to look at what you. Would, Want to achieve. And you have to look at your value system. You know, you have intrinsic and extrinsic. Uh, Intrinsic is, you know, I enjoy what I'm doing. I want to help people, things like that. Extrinsic is title and, you know, money and things like that. You need to have a good balance and you also need to have a personal and a professional plan and a fitness plan because I think the three of those work together. So you put that strategy together and then you commit. Okay? and you you have to act on it, and as you act, you have to learn you have to associate with good people. I talk about the importance of a mentor, and then i I talk about the importance of emotional quotient communication and leadership and I cover that in the second part of my book, and the last part of the book is along this journey you're going to, you are going to uh, experience adversity, you're going to fail so I have one chapter on how do you recover from that what do you do, and why is it? Beneficial. Why is the learning experience? And then I get into the importance of team. And the last chapter is: these are the fundamentals that the ten fundamentals uh, that are important for success in any endeavor. Now I'm encouraged by the reviews on Amazon. If you look at the reviews on Amazon, they're all stellar, and I did not pay these people for the reviews.
1: I was wondering because I didn't get my, I didn't get a cut. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: I'd like, you know, well, you know that review I emailed you. I, you just, you left a couple words out, but otherwise, okay. <laughs> but but on, but on a serious note, there's there's something else going on too. That's I just found out last week. Uh, I will be meeting uh, with one of the top business schools in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, this business school is going to incorporate my book into their curriculum and make it a required reading for every graduate. Excellent. And they want me to commit to X number of of classes and lectures per year uh, when I'm when I'm out there. And I you know I'm, I, I want to do that. And, and I think that is a kind of a validation of what I'm talking about. I believe it so. uh, works. So that and that press release That's is true. coming out in January. It's a very good school uh, It's one of the top schools in the country. But I can't you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when it happens. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Are you familiar with Chris Voss? Yes, I, I was on your show. I just, you were? Yeah. I, I just read a book by him the other day and I'm like, holy smoke. Um, for all the stuff I've been doing all this time and the book I'm talking about was uh, never, split the, never Split the Difference, right? Uh, negotiate as if, were, as if you were life dependent on it.
2: Okay, Th- this is, uh, there's two Chris Vosses. You
1: know what? I was singing that because I'm like, this didn't sound like the other guy, but, right. but all right. Nope.
2: That's yeah. Yeah. Right. There's a Chris Voss that has a, a a podcast. He's based out of Las Vegas. I was on that one. Okay. And then the other Chris Voss is the ex FBI hostage negotiator. Right. Right. And so right. I got this request from Chris Voss to appear on the show and I spent I'm looking at I'm like, I told my wife, I said, "Some former hostage negotiator wants to interview <laughs> me." I said, I, "I don't know what this is all about." No, but I have not read his book. But if, if would you recommend it? I, I absolutely would recommend it. Um, cause What's the like, name of it? Uh, never split the
1: difference. Never split the Negotiate difference. Negotiate as if your life depended on it. And a lot of uh, he talks about emotional quotient, and he talks about a lot of what you're talking about, and adds some more form to it. But. Actually, having just finished his book, makes me really want to read yours. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. So, so it's it's good stuff. But uh, you and him would make a great team. I I tell you.
2: Um. Well, and, and, if, and if he and if he can't really talk the hostages out, I can put the other strike team. We'll go in and extract them. It's a win win.
1: <laughs> you know. You. Uh, <laughs> it it would be. It would absolutely yeah. be. But uh, but I I like that strategy part. So when we start talking about the individual skills now, I'm a big neuroscience guy. Right. Okay. So an awful lot they're coming out with uh, neuroscience these days, talks about how the brain works and why doing certain things does this. And my view of most of the neuroscience we've come out with, as far as success is concerned, it doesn't give us anything new for the most part. But it tells us why the old stuff works, why affirmations work, why positive mental attitudes work when you start putting together these these uh, you know neural pathways and stuff. so have you yeah. had any any conversation uh yep on, on yeah, that? Yes.
2: Yeah, yes i have and and you know, Kelvin, you're right, it's the basics it's the fundamentals that are important, and we sometimes lose sight of that and i in, in my book, I say these same principles were probably in Kyoto. That's was the old capital of China, Mm -hmm. Rome, Greece, you know, Boston, colonial Boston. This is all this is all basic stuff. I mean, for example, they've done this look at neuro linguistic programming or NLP. You can kind of like train the mind. There are certain keywords that people Mm -hmm. use. And it's all it's all weaved into some of the advertising and, and and some of the political campaigning. And when you talk about uh, the brain, I mean there are ways to ingrain learning and to help with your learning. I mean, Benjamin Franklin said he says, "What tell me I remember?" He says, "Tell me I forget, teach me I learn, and involve me, and I and and, and I will remember." Or, or you know, I, I will I will. That's the best learning process. Yeah, and, and, and so by doing things versus not only reading, but by doing them and in small steps, it helps to really in, in, ingrain that learning into your brain to convert it from short-term memory to long-term memory. And that's why if you're in a classroom, for example, instead of typing on a computer and doing the lecture, why not do it longhand? Mm-hmm. Write it out and you get back, type notes up and that action helps, helps to convert it. But I believe that the mind can be trained. Uh, just like any other muscle in the body, but you have to, you you have to be willing to do that. And some people just uh, may don't buy into that. I I don't know, but I think that's, you get your mind right, the body's going to follow.
1: Right. So your program here is not passive. No, no. It it requires action.
2: Yes. Yep. You have to, you have to define what it is you want to do and Put those the goals together. And like I said, we're all creatures of habit. We want to be creatures of good habit. And that habit that you form, that's your rhythm, that's your routine. You have to get into a flow, into a rhythm, into a routine. And you do that, that become it just kind of reinforces your behavior. Now I'm you're probably the same way, you're ex-military, but I mean I, I work out, same workout every day of the week. You know, I mix things up. I have a certain schedule. I like to plan. I have my short term goals. I do lists. You know, I just don't wake up and say, hey, what am I going to do today? And I mean, for example, when I wrote this book, uh, this was I'd never written a book before. I said, well, how am I going to write this book? So the first thing I did is I looked at what mistakes do authors make? That was my first few weeks. I just looked at mistakes that authors made because that's how you learn. It's from other people's mistakes and your mistakes. And then I put together a goal. I didn't want to set myself up for failure. I just put a goal of 5,000 words a month. So I would track that. And at the end of each week, I would look at how many words I had done. Now, some weeks it would be better. Some weeks would be worse. But by doing that, I kind of put myself you know, on the spot. And I would tell other people that I was going to have it done by such and such in time. And if you involve other people in that as well, it puts a little pressure on yourself and pressure's not altogether bad either.
1: Unless you, in, unless Josh is applying the pressure on you. It's a, it could be,
2: well, I mean, you know,
0: <laughs> I, that, that, that's,
1: no. that's, the, that's the thing. That's the thing. Kelvin, I have
0: never, I have never put no. a pressure on you that you didn't ask for.
1: That, that's correct. Josh <laughs> is the, Josh is a perfect accountability
2: partner for me. He's, he's well, And, and, you know, that's if he puts pressure on you, he's doing it because he loves you. Okay, you have a friendship and uh, he's not doing that because I remember one time my uh, my dad was my high school football coach and he was getting on me one time and it was a really terrible week. And I finally went up to him. I said, Dad, what am I? What's wrong with me? You're yelling at me all the time. He says, son, he says, you shouldn't worry. About my yelling, you should worry When I stop, because that means I don't care anymore. So that criticism or those suggestions, okay, from Josh, that's coming from his heart, and you just have to take it professionally, not personally. (laughs) Now, can can, can, can Josh work on the way he phrases it and all of that? Well, then maybe you go back to that bar and (laughs) talk about it.
1: I have I have acclimated, but but he is (laughs) right in one thing. He he actually has never applied any that I didn't actually ask him to apply. So he has, uh, he has, uh, he has privileges here that I don't give a lot of people.
2: <laughs> okay. So so, but, so but he's, 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 he's walked the talk. He uh, Yes. He does, okay. So. And that's another thing is actions speak louder than words. Okay. Do you know, don't do as I say, do as I do. And you have to set the example. So hopefully with, with, uh, Josh set an example and your able skill set and experience. You can vault this podcast into the stratosphere. Working on it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) My my (laughs) man. There you go. (laughs) Excellent. So I'm glad you like the cover though of the book.
1: I've read, I've read the, you know, I got some of it. I've got your, I printed out your, your pages on discipline here. And and then I also went to uh, went to the Kindle version so I could see a little bit more of what was going on in there. So yeah, that's going to be in my that's going to be in my repertoire before the
2: day is out. Okay, and you know the if you look at the book, I, I that the, the cover has two purposes. Mm-hmm. Okay, number one is you got to go from here to here. Mm-hmm. Okay, but through the maze of life. Okay, I'm going to help get you straight through. Okay, boom. This is, the, this is the plan to get you through the maze. The other thing is that's supposed to represent neuronal activity, the neuroscience you were talking about, and conditioning the mind. So, right. and I, I there could be a little NLP in there for all I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there probably is. Got there it in there subliminally?
2: <laughs> 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 there
1: probably is. All right. Well. Josh, I've been talking a lot. Your turn.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I was thinking that um, getting through the maze, getting straight through is probably a good place to start to wrap up. But, um, you know, typically I get to be the bearer of the bad questions or anything that that we didn't get to that you that you wanted to talk about today.
2: Uh, Not I would just say to those of your listening audience out there that uh, you can be anything that you want to do if you're willing to plan and prepare and train, but you have to commit and, and, and ditch, the, ditch the excuses. And it's also important who you associate with because you can have the best plan in the world, but if you don't have a good team, it's not going to go very well. And if but, you
0: can't change the people around you, change the people around
2: you. Exactly. <laughs> and the other thing is, you know, don't, don't sit here. If you're thinking of doing something, get in an action mode and do it because time goes quickly. And a year from now, if you had started on something, you might be finished by now. So just the excuses, don't procrastinate and get it done. And if, it's, and if, you, if it seems insurmountable, break it up into small pieces, take it one piece at a time, but just keep moving forward. And at the end of the day, uh, be, be, be respectful, treat everybody as you would want to be treated. And uh, do the right thing and have fun.
0: Great. Have fun. Uh, where do you hang out online? Where can people find you?
2: Okay, I well, I have a web. Well, you know what Darwin said? It's, he says, not the strong that survive, it's those who adapt, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've had to adapt. I was a social media ghost up until this point. Okay, and I mean, now I'm on. My goodness gracious! I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn, I was it's I, I've been on that for a little while, but for a while. So I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm on all four of those platforms. My website is called It Starts With You dot net. It starts with You y o u dot And you know, anybody that's interested can go to the website. They can. Uh, there's a there's a short bio on yours truly. You can also read the preface and the chapter on adversity. Uh, and there's a way to get a hold of me. Uh, you can link into all my different uh, social media accounts. And there's a, there's a click where you can send me an email and I'll, I'll get back to you straight away. But you just remember, Kelvin and Josh, I'm, I'm just only a keystroke away. Okay. All
0: right. All right. Well, okay. thank you so
2: much. Well, thank you, gentlemen, and I'm glad you had a safe holiday uh, out there over Thanksgiving. And I wish the two of you all the best for the for the coming year and beyond. And you know, let's uh, let's, let's stay in touch. You ever down in Knoxville, I'll buy you half a dozen beers. Okay.
0: All right. Ooh, okay. You see, Josh's language. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: no, but you know, when I when I when I extend invitation, I do not do it lightly. I, I you know. I, there's no such thing as casual conversation in that regard. So, you know, be good to see you at some point in time. And I wish to, uh, you two gentlemen uh, all uh, all the success in the world. And, uh, and you take care.
0: Thanks, Fred. You too.
2: Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. Show notes and more at jkwdpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week. Bye! A Better Humanhood Production